Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We're starting a brand new series today called The Arrival. Say The Arrival. So if you've been in church for any time, you probably have heard an Advent message or an Advent series during the month of December. Advent is another word for arrival or, or coming, but we're, we're going to call it the arrival today. It really emphasizes the time of anticipation and celebration of the birth of Jesus, obviously. But it's actually more than that. Advent isn't just a month of celebrating the first arrival of Jesus. It's actually a time that also points us toward his second coming. That's what Advent is. Um, it's very important to know because... Um, because, and I'll, I'll show you that in a moment, but it, it's for first coming and second coming, the arrival. So we're going to highlight the important parts of his first birth, obviously. We'll read the, the stories and, uh, that, that f- have Christmas songs that we've, we sing with hymns about Christmas. And, uh, but we'll also discover the revelation and expectation of Jesus coming again. You can say it this way. We'll talk about the fulfilled and the unfulfilled. The birth of our Savior and the reigning with him forever. <clears throat> So we're to honor Jesus the right way. We'll tie both together, that which is fulfilled, that which is unfulfilled, because the truth is there are many still stuck with a baby in a manger. They haven't gone any further, and subconsciously they believe that when Christmas is over, the party's over. No, actually the party's just begun, because newsflash, Jesus grew up, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back to get us. John 14, 3, look at this. When everything is ready, he said, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Love that. You can bank on that. In this series, we're going to look into the future and then we're going to make our way back to the manger. And in both of these arrivals, first coming, second coming, one thing is for certain, there must be a preparation. Say preparation. A readiness for the arrival. That's how we're going to start. Four messages, actually five messages, but uh, one on Christmas Eve, but really talking about uh, the, the different aspects of Advent. But the first one is preparation. Again, a readiness. Now, as far as having children, being prepared for the firstborn, there are things that we simply learn along the way on the job training. Amen? <clears throat> on the job training. I'm sure Mary and Joseph went through what many of us have gone through as, as new parents. You know, with Annalyn and Levi, you know, we, 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 had to, we had to trust God with everything. Finances, furnishings, um, even early on we, we renovated an old home uh, while Emily was probably, I don't know, six or seven months pregnant. I don't recommend that at all. But I'll tell you something, it's a great test of your marriage. We got through, I mean, we, we were ripping stuff out. I mean, literally they had shag carpet five feet up the, the side of the walls. I'm like, who does this? It's an old 60s, 70s home. But my point is, God prepared us, and I would say in the most important way, trusting him. If I could say anything about having children, having the first child and the second child and however many ch- children you have, Trusting him is so important. But listen, there, there are things that I wish I had prepared for as well beforehand. So let me give you a few tips to help prepare some new parents just for a moment for their first arrival. Things you can do now 
to prepare for this cute little cuddly baby. First of all, start by setting your alarm clock to 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and 6 a.m. to get up for work. And, and, and make sure that you fall asleep about 10 minutes before the alarm clock goes off each time. Wear the same sweats for at least eight days in a row. Skip brushing your teeth for a day or two. Ask someone to cough directly into your eyeball. Right? Learn to eat your food with one hand, and at times, no hands. And make sure to eat your food when it's cold. <laughs> it was, we, we had Emily's brother uh, and, uh, and uh, wife came up not too long ago, and we, were, we, were, we met him at Herodur's, and we're just, you know, we're, we're empty nesters now. And they came with a beautiful little cuddly little Zion, the cutest little kid you'll ever see. And it's just funny watching them, you know, uh, you know like uh, one eats like half of their burrito, here, take Zion. You know, they got to go to the bathroom, change his diaper. It's like this food's waiting there. And they're all trying to figure out who can eat, who can't eat. It was just, anyway, we were just kind of chuckling inside. We've been through it. Been there, done that. Start dipping your pickles in ice cream. Or start eating some weird combination of food. I noticed that when, when Annalyn was, was uh, just before she was born, Emily kept eating a lot of bacon cheeseburgers, right? A lot of bacon went in there. Probably one of loves bacon. For Levi, it was something else. But there was just some different thing that started happening food-wise. How about this? You want to prepare for, little, for, for, your, for your firstborn? Shove a handful of Skittles in the VCR. I'm dating myself in the VCR. Or, or, or the, here's what else happened. Uh, flatten some Laffy Taffy and stick it in the DVD player. Take your most important expensive electronic device and fill every port with peanut butter. Buy a chocolate ice cream cone from Dairy Queen, put it in your glove compartment, and leave it there. Or all of the half-eaten sandwiches in the back of your seats in the car, right? Come on, man. There's, there's some food in there that's been there for, like, years. And lastly, buy a box of crayons and literally cover everything your eye can see. So we can laugh about it. It's funny but true. But if I've learned anything in life, there's one thing that God wants to get us ready for. There's one thing he wants prepared for his arrival, and it's our hearts. It's our heart. Before Jesus was born, God prepared the hearts of Mary and the wise men, the hearts of Elizabeth, Anna, and Simeon. You'll hear those names in this, in this, uh, in this series. And he tested the hearts of Herod, Joseph, and the innkeeper. So whether it's the Christmas or a second coming, God wants our hearts to be ready. We all have, have probably read or seen the, the movie A Christmas Care by Charles Dickens. Great, great, uh, great movie, book about a guy named Scrooge. And, uh, but it's all about his redemption. It's all about a miraculous heart change that was really influenced by what we call, or they called three spirits, a ghost of Christmas past, present, future. But I love how Dickens describes Scrooge early in, in, in the story. I love this. The cold within him froze his old features nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red and his thin lips blue and spoke out shrewdly in a grating voice. Wow. You know anybody like that, by the way? Anybody in your family? 
No, don't say it. Scrooge needed a heart change, and towards the end of the novel or movie, he was shown the air of his ways, the coldness of his heart, and he finally becomes a better and loving, more generous person. So I want to help today in the preparation of his arrival, the preparation of our hearts, and for Christmas and beyond. So let's start here, Matthew 1, 18 through 24. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly or rock the boat, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Verse 23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. This was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. I love that name, which means God is with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up from that dream or vision, he, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. I just want to pray a moment. Lord, I thank you, God, that as we give our hearts to you today, as we start this series, God, that I believe this is the, the, one of the more important messages because it, 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 it gets us going for the rest of it. It gets us ready for what, what you're bringing in our lives and who you are bringing into our lives um, Lord, not just this season, but and beyond. So God, we open up our hearts. We say, Lord, come on inside, examine, uh, correct. But just, we also want you to, we know that you love us, God. You want to love on us today and encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. So how can we prepare for this Christmas? How can we prepare for the arrival of Jesus and be prepared for this life as we walk with him? First, I believe we got to be willing to deny the distraction. Say, deny the distraction. We all have them. Joseph and Mary definitely had a few of them that could have distracted them from the mission, from the real meaning, from understanding the why, from the arrival. So I'm sure, I'm just gonna say this, I'm, I'm sure that, that Mary being, being young and pregnant had some, some, some hormones going on, I'm sure. No doubt she was uncomfortable for her to ride on a donkey there may have been a few heated moments of frustration that put some strain on the relationship. I'm just guessing. She had to endure a hard trip to Bethlehem, being newly married, and she had to block out all of the disapproval of family and friends, all the judgments from public opinion. Well, how about Joseph? He had distractions too. A new marriage. Probably a little deer in the headlights, I'm just guessing. Guys, when you got married, maybe you didn't, but did, did you maybe a few months later kind of had that deer in the headlight moment? Like, can I do this? Am I gonna be a good husband? How do you do this, right? That's normal. We always say to people, hey, I need to, I'm gonna get married. Uh, they, they say, and, and we, we need to go through some premarital counseling. And I kind of, yes, we'll, we'll give you some tips going in. You know, you'll probably forget all about it by the time you, you have that wedding day. So it's really six months later that you run to meet with us, <laughs> right? 
it's like six months later that, that you have, might have some questions. You guys can feel free to laugh today if you want to. Um, Joseph had distractions, a pregnancy that he didn't take part in, the weight of responsibility for providing for a family on the run. He had to figure out how to take care of a young mother and infant with no clear plan or direction. You ever felt like that? Man, they had to deny the distraction. Being distracted from God is extremely dangerous. As Christians, we believe that God is the captain of our ship. But when we lose sight of our captain, we start to try to steer our own ship. What about the time leading up to the first Christmas? What were the distractions then? Well, people filled the streets of Bethlehem. But most of them were so distracted that they didn't even notice that the Son of God had come to earth. So what distractions? Well, first, there was a great financial burden at that time. The Bible says that it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. They had to give record of themselves and their family in order to pay the proper taxes. They weren't traveling to find Jesus necessarily. They were forced to travel to pay taxes, to give money, as well as paying for their travel expenses. There was a great financial burden in that day. And I think during this season, unknowingly and knowingly, we tend to put too much financial pressure on ourselves. My advice, don't. A few presents, a peaceful family, and the love of God is all you need. I'm not bashing Christmas. I love Christmas. And I love presents. But I think a balance is what we need. Amen? So there was a, there was a, a financial burden happening. And there was a distraction of busyness. Say busyness. See, as they gathered in Bethlehem, they weren't really concerned with the thoughts and things of God. They were not there to really worship God. They were not there looking for Jesus. They were just busy. Christmas is one of the busiest times of the year. We all have more places to go than we can possibly get to, right? The main focus for, for most during this year is making sure that the gift list has been completed getting all the decorations in place for, for guests to arrive and being literally in 15 different places at the same time. But if we allow ourselves to become busy, we just might get distracted from Jesus. This question has been posed a few times. What if someone planned a birthday party for you, but they were so busy getting everything in order that they forgot to invite you? And didn't even notice that you weren't there. <laughs> That'd be weird. The people of that day were burdened and busy and became blind. They didn't notice the arrival of the Savior of the world. Friends, don't be distracted with the financial burden. Don't be distracted with busyness. Don't be distracted with the stuff. I love seeing my family open the presents. It's, one of, it's a great pleasure for me. I always, I always believe that giving is a blessing, the Bible says. But ultimately, it's not about the gifts. It's about his presence. And I remember one Christmas rifling through the gifts, ripping through paper, tearing open boxes, and literally what took weeks to prepare was done in about 10 minutes. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> See, I know there's a lot of thought put into Christmas morning. 
the tree, the decorations, the gifts, the food, the stress of hoping that they like their gifts. There's a lot to prepare and a lot of pressure, but don't be fooled by those distractions. The things that, that don't matter as much, let me give some advice. Thoroughly enjoy this season, yes. Open gifts, yes. But find Jesus, gather family, unwrap the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Encourage one another, be hospitable, pray for one another, laugh together, hug one another, spend quality time with each other, play some games. Don't get fooled by the distraction. Proverbs 4.25 says this, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. See, I believe you want to prepare for the arrival, first coming and second coming. Be willing to deny the distraction and be willing to embrace the disruption. <laughs> Say embrace the disruption. Let me explain this. I think we can all understand this is where the rubber meets the road because life will deliver disruptions. They seem to come around this time too. I don't know what it is. Just kind of, they start popping up more. Situations that occur that mess up our schedule. Isn't the last two years an understatement regarding that, regarding disruption? But if we're not careful, we might see these disruptions as inconvenient moments. Say inconvenient that can lead to major frustration, discouragement, defeats. But we, what we don't see are the times that these inconvenient disruptions are actually from God birthing divine destiny. Now, I'm actually speaking prophetically also in this message because we're talking about the second coming of Jesus, right? Sometimes we don't realize that that, that, that there are things that are happening in life that are getting us ready for something more, something more that we can really understand and see, but we know something in our gut. But it's God showing up to meet us, to prepare us for something greater. In the case of Christmas, someone greater. And these divine disruptions have an amazing way of bringing a much-needed heart change they help bring, put things back in proper perspective. They help put things back in proper order or priority. I'm talking about the moments when God shows up in an unexpected and even uncomfortable way with the sole purpose of getting us close to him and close to others. Obviously, Mary and Joseph found themselves in an uncomfortable situation. This disruption had never happened in the history of mankind. A virgin will conceive a child. There was no manual for this one. This defied human logic. Joseph wanted to escape from this disruption, but eventually he chose to embrace it. The only logical conclusion Joseph could reach on his own was that Mary was pregnant by another man. Right? In other words, she had committed adultery. And, and, and in that time proved adultery was punishable by death. Disruption in Joseph's eyes was an understatement. So we read this in Matthew 1, uh, 20, and I'm gonna read up to 22 actually. As he considered this, let me say it again, as he considered this, I, I mean, I just, I kind of think that's funny. You gotta understand this moment. Because we read, sometimes we just fly right through and we don't really understand what Joseph was really going through. 
this was not just uh, some little blip. Oh, no big deal. Oh, that's okay. Oh, really? You're pregnant by the Holy Spirit? No problem. No, no, no. I, I guarantee he was freaking out. Come on. I, he was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? This is inconvenient. This is uncomfortable. How do I explain it? Oh, man, we're in big, big, big trouble. As he considered this. <laughs> I think that's funny. Perplexed, vexed, confused, confused. But look what happened. Because remember, he's pulling his hair out. And then an angel shows up, praise God. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Don't you love how God, when we're going through something difficult, and you may be going through something very difficult right now, but I, let, me, let me give you a, an encouragement and promise. God wants to show up in a dream, in a vision, through a friend, in some way, right, to help calm you and me. See, that's the heart of God every time. He will never leave you hanging. This is a pretty important moment in life, obviously, but you're important to him. Everything you go through in life, you are so valuable and important to him that I guarantee you, if you don't miss it, you shouldn't when an angel shows up or something like, man, that was not a coincidence. Thank you, God, for calming my fear. Verse 21, and she'll have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. And he'll save his people from their sins. And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which is that, that prophetic verse from, from the Old Testament. It says, look, a virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. Call him Emmanuel. Joseph, God's with you. Joseph, God's with Don't worry, God's with you. I love this. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Yes, this was a major disruption. I'm sure prior to, to having this information from, from, from Mary, he was thinking new bride, new house, white picket fence, living happily ever after. Maybe I'll get into stone cutting. Maybe, well, maybe I'll do this or that farming. But no, God had a different plan for his life. And thankfully, Joseph did what the angel commanded. It's amazing how when disruptions come and we don't recognize them as God and therefore we don't make the decision to say yes, God, in that moment. I've, I've been there. In the outward, it doesn't look like God. And all of a sudden, if you just embrace the disruption, you will find God in it. Amen? You'll find God. So he discovered his destiny. We all have disruptions. The question is, will I embrace them or will I run from them? And I've done both. I've done both. I remember one Christmas years ago, we didn't have children, we're married early on in our marriage, and, but my, my sister had a child when she was 17, unexpectedly. It was kind of unexpected. We're like, oh, thank God, because Elizabeth is the cutest little thing born, 
in our family. She was, she was my first niece, so I became an uncle for the first time. My, my, my little sister had to grow up pretty fast. Um, there are a lot of things that, that she might have missed, but, 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 but we loved, we embraced it. It was good. Well, anyways, fast forward. She's about three or four. One day we're having a family get together at a Christmas, and, and all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden I see the, 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 she's outside with her friends, and, and I go outside, and we're chucking snowballs, and we're sledding down the hills, and we're having the greatest time. And, and one thing you, you, you have to know about Elizabeth is that we got really close, and every time I would leave her, she would say, Uncle Danny, give me a kiss. That's what she'd say. That's her, that was her, her, her phrase. Well, this time, I noticed something I'd never seen before in my life in her, in, on her. And that is a glistening of snot running down here with no brakes going over her lips down to her cheek. You ever seen that? Frightening. Frightening. And I look over there and I, I could see it. I mean, she, she's a little distance off and I see the glistening. I see like the, this, I see it all. I, could, I, can, see, I can see it today. Emily comes out of the house. We got to get going. I said, oh, hey, we got to get going. Love you, kids. Love you. Love you, Elizabeth. Uncle Danny, give me a kiss. And by the way, these are no cheek kisses. They're straight on the lips. She will not have any others. You know, so I, I'm, it was like slow motion. I'm like, oh, look, this is a disruption. This is, this is I don't want to embrace this. Oh, Lord. But she's three or four. She doesn't know any better. She doesn't even know she has snot in her face. And so, you know what happened? I'm like, ah, I'm like screaming in my head. I'm like, what am I going to do? Did it. Did it. Kiss that snot. I kissed that snot. True story. Like, I can, I'm traumatized by that. That's why, that's why, when, that's why when, when your little kids come up to me and they got something on their nose, don't be offended if I hand them right back to you. Don't, I'm not going to kiss them, right? I noticed them, but that's not you. Don't take it personal. That's all on me. That's all on me. Embrace the disruption. God is simply wanting to get our attention, to refocus our affection for him. Listen, Christmas doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be his. Your life doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be his. Your walk with Jesus will not be perfect. It will get messy. Just walk with him. Don't, lie, don't lose sight of God when the disruption occurs. Just simply embrace Jesus or let him embrace you. Because guess what? We're all snotty. And he doesn't care. God doesn't care about, like he's, I don't know, but he, he's different. He sees that snot. He comes running even quicker. Right? He does not. So I, don't you love that about God? We got stuff. He doesn't care. God, give me a kiss. You got it. He's running. So let him embrace you, snot and all. And you'll find this, that your present disruption is not your final destination. Let me encourage you today who are, who's going, you're going through something like, I, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what just happened. I don't get it. How do I, this too shall pass, promise you. Come on, you can go back and see all the times and seasons you thought you were never gonna get out of and you're like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. There's more coming, I'm sure, but at least he got you to that. Listen, this too shall pass. God's with you, Emmanuel's with you, God is with you. It's going to get you through. Your present disruption is not your final destination. 
It's what we do to prepare for his arrival. Embrace the disruption. And lastly, simply find your determination. Find your determination. What do you mean? See, I know for some, Christmas season is actually a difficult season. Uh, There's some painful memories. Situations that occurred in the past. Lost loved ones. Even today, I mean, you know, in the day and age we live in, it's just, it just gets frustrating, you know, um, when, when people are going through that. And it's, it's a difficult time. But let me just encourage you to find your determination. Even though you're struggling, have struggled, persevere. I always believe that your perseverance will lead you to someone that needed to know that you persevered, needed to know that that you made it, that God got you through it. Just keep going. Don't give up. Stay focused on Jesus. Well, that's what Mary and uh, Joseph and Mary did. They pressed through. They pressed on. They kept going. They kept the faith. Even facing one final hurdle, I love, I love talking about this. Their test of determination, Luke 2.7. Check this out. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snuggly and strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. There was no room in the inn. Whenever I read that, I just say, say what? No room in the inn? There's always room. I know that. This this is Jesus. This is the king. And if the king came to my house, the king gets the best bed and room. I sleep on the blow-up mattress or on the floor. No room? Well, what if the innkeeper had made room? I believe there'd be major foot traffic, a great, great business opportunity. But I know there's always room because I remember traveling from... U of M to Hope College and to hang out with my buddies there and, and there was a big get-together at, at, at a house and, and uh, we're, we're all gathering at this house uh, on a weekend and I gathered my clothes and went over there and I looked in the house and it was full and everybody already picked their place. I got that couch, I got that chair, I got that floor, I got that. It, lo- it looked like, man, I, where am I gonna sleep? I got there late. And uh, my buddy says, I got a place for you sent me to, down into a corner somewhere. But you know what? There was room. There's always, I know there was room in that inn. I know it. Always find room. See, I believe that there was room, but it may have been too inconvenient, too much trouble, too much work, too much baby crying in the night. Not good for their clients clientele, their customers. What would have happened if they just made room? If Jesus could have moved in that night? If they'd only known, they would have cleared the hotel. They'd they'd do it for famous people today, rock bands, celebrities, princes, presidents and kings. Certainly if a king or dignitary, Elvis, if he was still around, came to your house, you'd certainly make room. Justin Bieber, I want to throw him out there in case I missed you. We would clean that house, put everything in order, get everything prepared, but they couldn't find room in the inn. I think God could have blessed them. I, I, I really believe 
that they struggled with distraction and disruption. They weren't focused. They weren't finding what God was doing. And I believe that they missed a rendezvous with destiny. Franklin Delano Roosevelt spoke that in the midst of a great depression. He said, this generation in the 20s, 30s, and 40s has a rendezvous with destiny. And it was that generation that saw one of the most important prophecies fulfilled, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. In the middle of wars and rumors of wars, out of a great depression, through famine, disruptions, destiny arrived. And I wonder if we, this generation, are being prepared for a rendezvous with destiny, a soon coming king. I wonder. I'm not telling you. I don't know if Jesus is coming back tomorrow. But I just feel like we're in a season like never before. And it gets me excited. Makes me want to celebrate, anticipate, commemorate. Those are the four words we use during this Advent. I just feel like the enemy has reared his head because I think he knows his time is short. And I believe too that out of disruption comes desperation. And when there's desperation, look, look biblically, miracles start to happen because people need them. Come on, we're already seeing them. Listen, we're seeing miraculous things happen in marriages, in families, and you name it, in bodies. We're seeing it already. We're just getting the trickle of it. It's, there's going to be more of it, I promise you. Because we're, because God, yeah, yeah, you can clap for that. I'm excited too. So whether it's this Christmas or your life or eternity, the second coming of Jesus, the question is, as we prepare ourselves, will you, will I make room for Jesus in this inn right here, in this hotel, right? There's always room in this hotel. And maybe, maybe this, this hotel, there's just way too much stuff there that doesn't need to be there, right? We don't need that stuff. We need Jesus. We love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So let's just take a moment, bow your heads as we finish. I wanna, I wanna just encourage you to take some inventory. Just, just let God examine your heart. He loves you so much. He is, he is not criticizing you or condemning you at all. He's saying, listen, can I, can I move some furniture around? Can, can I, I don't like that old couch. That's stinky. Let's get that out of here. I don't like, you know, those things don't really matter. Can I just move, can I move some things? Can I, can, can, I, can I take your marriage to the next level? Can I take your family to the next level? If you let me in, Jesus says, I'll bless you. Oh, I'll bless you. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. If you just let me in, let me in. So this isn't just a personal heart moment. This is your life. Would you pray with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I open up my heart, open up my in, and I let you in. And I say, Lord, have your way. Move some things around. 
reprioritize them. Prepare me for what you have next because I have destiny and I have a rendezvous with destiny. I have people to help know you. So Lord, my life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.